Hello, I'm James King and welcome to Cinema Stories, the programme that doesn't just celebrate films, it's about the whole film-going experience. From Marvel movies at the multiplex to Scorsese seasons on the South Bank, each week my guest tells us about the big screens that have shaped their cinema-going life. One guest, three cinema choices and hopefully lots of fun. This week I'm speaking to blogger extraordinaire Emily Johnston, aka Fashion Foie Gras. Via her website and social media accounts, Emily keeps her thousands of fans up to date on the latest lifestyle trends, clothes, travel, food, and sometimes films. Since 2009, Fashion Foie Gras, which I really can't say, has been featured on a number of websites and magazines, been named one of the top fashion blogs numerous times, and won dozens of awards. I think only Meryl Streep has won more than her. Emily, welcome. Thank you, James. What an introduction. Um, it's I wish you could have called it something easier to pronounce. Fashion foie gras. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. But at least we're not in America where most people call it fashion foie gras. <laughs> Why is your, your website called that? Uh, originally, it was a news site. And um, I was basically putting together about 20 pieces of news a day about fashion around the globe. And the idea that it was fashion force fed daily didn't oh, go down okay, so yeah. well. So, you yeah. know, I had to change that up a little bit. <laughs> Weren't too many people happy about that. <laughs> um, so your first cinema choice will also tell us a bit about your background as well, as will your accent as well, I'm sure. Um, so what are we going to go for cinema number one? <laughs> Do I have an accent still? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like speaking to someone from Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Okay. Well, you kind of gave away the whole the whole surprise there, didn't you? Uh, Sixteen years after being in London, my southern accent is a bit muted these days. Um, but my first theatre comes from us comes to us. Sorry, from um, Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Where I grew up. Go Panthers. <laughs> Go Panthers. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, yeah. So I was a big football fan, American football. Anyway, yeah. So the first theatre is called the Arboretum. Right. And when I was growing up, this was kind of the first theater in Charlotte, North Carolina that anybody really ever wanted to go to because everything was pretty much uncomfortable. This had plush seats and a really beautiful atmosphere. So there atmosphere. were others, they just weren't as nice. No, they really weren't. And tell us about Charlotte then. What kind of a place is that? Um, Charlotte, when I was growing up there, wasn't massive. Now it's, I think, the second largest financial city in the United States. So it obviously now has things like the IMAX and has right. these amazing plush theaters where you can go and have dinner and drink wine and things like that. When I was growing up, it was, I think, the first theater that I ever went to in Charlotte had the most miserable seats ever. And I come from a family of giants. So we're, <laughs> we're all, all my brothers are six foot six. My parents are both over six feet tall. And when yep. you go to a theater and your knees at the age of 12 are pushing into the person in front of you. It's not the best experience. So when we finally had a theater that came to town that put together something that was a pleasurable and comfortable experience, it was really something that as a family, we really dug our teeth into. <laughs> so, um, so the people working at the box office of the Arboretum were like, here they come. Yeah. The giants are here, the giant family from Charlotte. And they'll spend a lot of money on candy and popcorn. Uh, and so, there's big, big gulps. <laughs> so this is in a shopping mall, is it, this theater? No, so it, well, it, it's kind of, I don't know what, to describe it as in the UK, it's sort of like a strip mall. Right. So it existed, and even that itself, when that opened, I remember there was a Walmart there. There were a few other choice stores, like a Michaels, which is a craft store, and things like that. And and the, uh, the movie theater, I think, which had six screens which, when it opened, which again is massive to have six screens open, was kind of stood on its own above atop a hill almost, and it was just the shining beacon of light. And when you're a teenager. 
I mean, I'm sure this is true the globe over, but for me as a teenager, I felt like there was nothing to do. And all of a sudden this megaplex opened. You're like, this is what we will do. Um, and the, I mean, I, when we were first talking about movie theaters, I had mentioned to you Jurassic Park. Yeah. And that's the reason that I chose this theater, actually, right. because... For me, my first memory of going to this theater was Jurassic Park. And the reason it was a big deal was because it was the first time Dolby Surround Sound had come to Charlotte, North Carolina. Right, okay, yeah. Um, and again, so this was 93, <laughs> wasn't it? 93. So I was just becoming a teenager. And I can remember it was summer. It was really, really hot. There was air conditioning. So that was a big deal. <laughs> but my mom had gone and waited in line all day to get these tickets for us. And then when we got to the theater, there was this massive queue outside. And and there, it was just this incredible excitement. And I think it was the first time that I really felt the excitement going to see a movie and understanding why people would queue for this sort of thing as opposed to going to see like a, a Disney film, you know, with a bunch of your friends on a Saturday afternoon. Like this was a big Friday night. And we went as an entire family. We went after a swim meet <laughs> at our country club. <laughs> um, this is amazing. Can this you is, get any more American? This is, this is like something from a film in itself, isn't it? Not quite gone with the wind, but you know, we'll roll with that one and yeah I can just remember sitting there and feeling like that was my first cinematic experience where I completely lost myself and I was I was scared I was happy I, I think I might have cried a little bit I think it was because I was so scared because of the sound <laughs> but the whole experience for me I feel a little bit weird saying Jurassic Park changed my life, but it did Listen, in a it way. It could be a lot worse than Jurassic Park, couldn't it? <laughs> and I and I remember the same thing. I remember that it was an event, and you know I I was older than you, but I was still really excited about it. And it and it's interesting that you said about the Dolby surround sound and everything going to see this and and the the, the brand new shiny theater because I think. This movie, I remember actually seeking out the best cinema to go and see this in. Right. You know, I was young as well, but and I don't think I'd done that before. Whereas I thought, I won't go to my local one because it's not, it's old and it's not a very good screen. But Jurassic Park deserves to be seen in the latest cinema with the best technology. Because so it's that kind of a movie, right? Yeah. And you couldn't, yeah, I do remember that where everyone was, it wasn't one of those things where you'd wait for it to come out on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> Dear listener, do you know what VHS <laughs> is? Um, but yeah, it wasn't something you would wait for i just remember there was this huge amount of hype that you had to see it on the big screen yeah. it had to be something that you would experience in, in in this you know massive way and for dolby surround sound to be introduced in that way to my town it just it felt like it was a moment and it sold out you couldn't get tickets to jurassic park the yeah. whole week after that yeah so the fact that we were there on kind of like the premiere night you know <laughs> um was a really big deal and i i will always remember i also remember it as a night it was pretty much one of the only nights I remember where all of us got along as a family. So it was a bit, I think my parents were very happy, you know, but yeah, it was, it was a cinema that for me, basically as a teenager, that was where I hung out. So it will always be pretty important to me. And do you think there's a difference between American cinema audiences and British ones? In what way? Well, uh, I think <laughs> probably vocally would be a way or just the behavior in the, in the cinema, you know, when you're actually watching the film or... Um, well, I don't know, because again, I was, I've lived over here 16 years now. So I think the whole movie, my whole experience of being an adult and experiencing movies has been a UK experience. Right. Um, and as a teenager, you go and you watch films that are, you know, are full of teenagers. And of course, there, there aren't too many ma manners flying around there. Now, I, mean, I am from the South. So I like to think we had a little bit more um, <laughs> decency in the theaters and things. But 
Yeah, I remember for us, I don't know if it was a big deal over here. Did kids sneak in a lot through back doors? Probably, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I think that was a big thing for us that we were always like, oh, there are the bad kids. And they've snuck in like 10 minutes after the movie started and no one's seen them because the security guard's sleeping in the corner. Yeah. And it was that sort of thing. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I would never, ever sneak into a movie because my parents would kill me. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I don't think it, I can't imagine it. Because I, I feel I've seen movies in. America, but this is in California, admittedly, which is a long way away from where you were, um, where people just seem to sort of react to the things that are happening on the screen a lot more audibly than perhaps in the UK (laughs) where we're a bit more, we withhold things a bit more. Okay, well then I'll ask you, here's the other movie I saw there that changed my life, which I think you and I have talked about before. Same cinema? Same cinema. Titanic. Oh, wow. Okay. You saw the big hitters there, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I mean, Leo on the big screen. Yeah. And speaking of audible reactions, I saw it six times. I'm not sure if this is going to make people just hate me horribly <laughs> for admitting that. I have grown up a bit since six, this time. Six times at the same six cinema. Six times at the same cinema. Different groups of people every time. No, that's not true. Different groups of people three times. I went with my best girlfriends three times to see it together. Right. And we cried more every time we went saw it. And when we say audible, as in we were choking so so loudly and it just seemed natural because everyone else was choking. And then by the sixth time I had seen it, the girl behind me was choking so loudly on her in tears that my best friend turned around and grabbed her ankle and told her to pull herself together. <laughs> <laughs> because it was only a movie. So maybe if that's what you mean by like audible, re- there, yes, we, we like to cry together <laughs> and laugh together and scream at the screen together. That's why Titanic <laughs> was the biggest movie of all time, because people like you went to see it six times. Well, yeah, because what year was that? 1995? Uh, no, it was later, 98, 99. Oh, that's really embarrassing. Yeah. That's really embarrassing. I was 18 years old. <laughs> I was a senior in high school. I'm going to crawl in a hole now. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Cinema Stories with me, James King, and my special guest, Emily Johnston. Produced, as always, by Phil Stocker. Now, um, if you'd like to pass the microphone over to, to Phil, Emily, I think Phil's got some, uh, a little bit of information for us. Well, information might be over-egging the pudding. <laughs> Do you know what? This sort of just came out from the fact I was in the pub the other night talking yep. to my friend, Rach, and I explained what, what we're doing on this podcast. She was like, oh, that sounds a good idea. And then she sort of like basically started like interviewing me. It was like, what was the first film you saw? I'm like... Oh, I don't know. And technically, it might have been Return of the Jedi in 1983. Right, good one. I was five. Yeah. That dates me. <laughs> um, but then she was like, no, 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 the proper one. What was the first, what was the first one you ever went to see? Like, on, on your own. So, like, a certificate as a kid that you could go and watch. And then went back into my, like, you know, mind palace or whatever. And it was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. It was Care Bears the movie. Right? Classic. Cinema's the winner. And I had to take my cousin Susie, bless her, she didn't like violence, so Care Bears was right, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I had this also, the flashback of, so you go to the counter and like buy your ticket or whatever. And, you know, you're sort of looking up at the counter, like proffering your money that you've been given by mum and dad. It's like, half please, or whatever it is. And it's like, there you go, there you go. And then you'd basically turn around and walk about three paces to the right. And there was this dude in this like long... Almost like a scientist's lab coat, but purple. This is the royalty cinema in Bowness. And he was just stood there. He was, or his job was basically to rip your ticket in yeah, half. Yeah, commissionaire. Commissionaire, that's, the, that's yeah. what I'm looking for, right? Yeah. So commissionaire, here's my ticket, commissionaire. And he looks and he rips it in half, really. It's like slow motion. He rips it in half and he looks down at me and goes, 
smoking or non-smoking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm six. I don't know. Smoking? What do you think? Smoking. I'm smoking. That doesn't happen anymore, does it? It doesn't. I, if only it did. But also, I just like the idea of the, the division, like one half of the cinema was designated smoking and the other one wasn't. It's like, it's the same room. It's smoke. <laughs> Anyway, quick straw poll. What was the first film that you guys went to? Um, the, first, the first one I strongly remember was uh, Octopussy, James Bond movie. Yes. Um, when I was very young, and really, you know, there's, I mean, even in the title, there's far too much smut in that movie for a child. <laughs> yes, there is. But um, that was the first one I remember. Yours, obviously, as you've just told us, Emily. What was I yours? I can't remember. I honestly, I cannot remember what I saw for the first time. All I remember is my first, like, physical memory of a movie is Seeing, uh, sneaking in to see Poltergeist. Oh, okay. The yeah. first one. And my, so you my, did sneak in. You were one of those well, no, bad no, no, kids. No, no, no. As in, I think my brothers are watching it on VHS and I snuck into the room to watch it. Oh, okay. And I think it scarred me so much that whatever I watched over the next 10 years is sort of a blur. But yeah. Let's go back to the big screen then. Poltergeist was, was on a grainy VHS. What about your second cinema choice? Uh, where are we now? Are we still in America or have we come back? Yeah, no, let's leave America. Yeah. There's not really much else to talk about there. I mean, there's so much to talk about there, but for me, as a small town Southern girl, it's, it's not a really So big how come you came head. over here then? Um, I came over on a student visa, and I cried every day for six months that I was here on that student visa. So how I've ended up staying for 16 years is still a pretty big mystery. Did someone grab you by the ankle and go, pull yourself together? <laughs> yeah, I think my mom and dad. <laughs> um, so your second cinema choice is a, is a London one, an it English is, one? It is a London one. I thought I would keep things in time. Um, this is not the, I think I'm going to keep the last one for the one that's probably the most personal to me and right. that stretches back. But the next one, and I really now feel like everyone that's listening is going to think I have the worst choices in movies that I see ever. And you're going to be really embarrassed you've asked me <laughs> onto the show because I want to talk about my first red carpet premiere. Okay. Because it's such a hilarious story. And I have been to so many premieres there since because of what I do. Not for any other reason. I'm not starring in these movies, but that's what makes this a funny story. Uh, so I got to go to the Twilight premiere. Oh, right. The first one. The first one. Yep. Um, back when Rob Pattinson wasn't... Well, he was kind of a big deal, but he wasn't yeah. the big deal that he was to become. Yeah. And of course, Kristen Stewart was over for it. And I had been invited because of FFG. Yep. And it was a big deal. And it was my, it was, you know, I'd watched several red carpet premieres in Leicester Square, which I called Leicester Square the first time I was <laughs> over here. And it took me about two seconds to realize that that was nothing I should ever do again. And when I got the invite, said red carpet premiere. And of course, let's keep in mind, I'm a girl from Charlotte, North Carolina. I've never been to a red carpet premiere in my life. I've been to many debutante balls. <laughs> But I have yet to attend a red carpet premiere at this point in my life. So <laughs> I went all out. Yeah. <laughs> As in, I went and bought like a proper oh, wow. red carpet dress with black sequins, thinking that this was going to be the debut. This was my making. I was the best dressed person on that entire carpet. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I think it's a common mistake. I, I think as, a, you know, as a guy, it's, it's, it's kind of less obvious if I were to do that. Yeah. But I'm sure the first premiere I went to, I did also dress up. So you put a special uh, amount of effort into yeah, it. Yeah, and it sounds, you know, you don't want to sound kind of blasé about it because premieres are amazing. And if you've yeah. never been to a premiere, they are you know, just a, a fascinating thing to go to. But ultimately, I think what you're saying is the people who dress up 
are the famous people. I was I put more effort in than Kristen Stewart. I'm pretty sure that she just rocked up on the carpet and was like, "Yeah, I'm here. What of it?" And I I was walking down like, "Why isn't everyone taking pictures of me?" <laughs> um, I really thought it was something that was going to be, you know, I'd be on the Daily Mail the next day and like all these things. I hadn't. I mean, I was so green; it was ridiculous. Um, we, what cinema was this? Have we said the View? The View, the View Leicester cinema. Square. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um and. It was, it's just, I think it's just going to forever be imprinted on my brain. And of course, at that moment, there were so many thousands of girls that were, it was Twilight. I mean, yeah. this is a massive phenomenon, teenagers. It was the new Titanic. It's Titanic yeah. for the new generation. <laughs> Titanic with vampires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The new Leo was walking in front of me. And I actually brushed shoulders with Rob on the carpet, which I find hilarious now. But it was such an experience. And that theater for me, it was kind of my, I only seemed to get invited to premieres at that theater right. for a long time. And I was like, I don't know if this is the good, the best theater on Leicester Square. I mean, Leicester Square is obviously the home of premieres in, in the UK, in yep. Lon- certainly in London. Um, but there are several cinemas in Leicester Square. Yes. And I would say that the view is probably the, the least exciting of those. Well, this is what I would come to know later on. But at that time, that was what I knew as like the premier theatre. And I yeah. saw all these premieres happening. What's the big one that's on the... Odeon Leicester Square? Odeon, yeah. yeah. Um, and never got invited. Well, it, did, it took a while before I got invited. I think Sex yeah. in the City was my first invitation. Okay, yeah. Um, for that. But for me, this theatre, it was... I have so many hilarious stories with that. I have so many... Facebook posts when I look back you know you get those memories that keep coming up I'm like oh there's another premiere of me taking pictures of popcorn in a program on a seat in the view so I think for me it's just I have a lot of hilarious memories with that theater Um, and it is really where I cut my teeth on the whole idea of a premiere and um, And did you enjoy the film? Yeah, I actually really liked Twilight. So they would have come on stage and introduced it with they? They did, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. very nice. Um, And it was of course at that time when Kristen didn't look too excited about. <laughs> I, I think that was the whole of the, the Twilight franchise, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't too too proud of that moment, um, yeah. which was pretty obvious. I didn't she didn't really look like she wanted to be there at all. Um, and uh, Pattinson really loved it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, that that obviously those movies were huge and they both did very well out of them, but neither of them, I think, seemed to enjoy the experience. And certainly, the film choices they've made since then suggest that. They never really wanted to be making Twilight style movies. They wanted to be going in another direction. They've gone very dramatic. Nobody's really. I'd love to see them do a comedy at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I think you might be waiting a while. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, So we've talked about the Arboretum in Charlotte, North Virginia, North Carolina, not North Virginia. So I'm thinking John Denver. (laughs) Um, And we've talked about The View in Leicester Square. So what about your third choice? My third choice maybe is a little less obvious, um, but as you know, James. Uh, I think you might be able to guess this one, actually. Well, I know it because you've told me. Have I? Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a bit obvious, isn't it? Um, well, it shouldn't have come as a surprise then, I think. Uh, it's Electric Cinema on Portobello Road. Okay, so we're still in London. This is Notting Hill, isn't it? Yes, in London? it's a nice, closer to home for me. Right. And that is my local cinema. So that is pretty much where you will find me uh, if I'm going to see movies these days. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a long list of movies, so... Um, if it's not there, I'll probably be at Westfield, London. Because it's just it. a single cinema, isn't it? It the is, electric. yes. But it's an amazing cinema. It really is such a such an incredible space. Um, and for those of you that don't know it, of course, it has these amazing plush leather chairs. It has beds down the front. It has sofas in the back. You can have dinner in there. It's attached to the electric diner. I mean, there's just... And for me, I've been a member of Soho House now for nearly a decade. And I think probably electric cinemas was came into my life because of that 
And I was so kind of enamored of this experience of not being shoved into a theater seat and feeling uncomfortable and having a leather um, poof in front of you where you could put your feet and things like that. And there was just so much space and you could drink wine. And I just felt like it was almost like being in your own home. And I have so many friends that live around there. So it just became a really nice space. But for me, it's become quite a special theater because of the people that I've been able to bring with me to that theater. So they do a really lovely weekend um, feature where you can bring kids. So they'll play something like The Last Unicorn, which for me was, you know, they play a lot of the classics. And I really love that because I can take my nieces and nephews and take them to movies like that that they probably would never otherwise see. Uh, and you're in a theater full of parents and their kids and, you know, kids are screaming and yelling at the screen and you're like, well, okay, that's just your, at least it's all kids and not all adults that are just sitting there hating the kids. But, um, it's just a really lovely experience and, and I've gone to a lot of press previews there, but I think I'm probably, probably gone to see like three movies a month there for as long as I can remember. It's actually got a really, um, long history, that place as well. Like it's built in 1910, which is like one of the earliest ones in the country, really. Oh, really? I didn't um, know that. and there's an electric in Birmingham as well, but that, that was, I think a couple of months older, okay. but, um, built a long time ago and at one point it was the Imperial Playhouse during the 60s it just showed avant-garde movies so not the last (laughs) unicorn Uh, but it sort of had a phase as a bit of a you know crazy art house cinema and there's a rumor that (laughs) there's a rumor that the mass murderer John Christie worked there as a projectionist oh come on are you serious I I don't know if that's fact or uh, not but it's certainly a a, a rumor so it's it's got a big history and I think it's one of those cinemas where you walk past it and because it's quite a built-up area in, in Notting Hill and Portobello Road and so busy obviously You've got the market nearby as well. You you might not really look at the facade that much. No. But when you go inside, that's when it all happens and that's when it gets really exciting. And I remember going there for the first time and, like you said, just the seats and the room and everything. Now, of course, there are lots of cinemas that are doing that. The comfy sofas and the comfy chairs. It's become a thing. But it was certainly the first time I ever experienced that in a cinema at 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 the Electric. Oh, definitely. I've never seen anything like it. I remember taking a picture and sending it home to my parents and saying in the email, can you believe how far we've come? Well, actually, that's been around for a while. So, uh, But it just is, I think it changes the whole movie going experience, to be honest. You really are just so comfortable. I would not recommend going and taking in the movie on the bed, though. The number of times I've fallen asleep, <laughs> just flat out. And the last thing you want is somebody doing a big snore in the middle of a dramatic scene. <laughs> hey, I watch films with film critics. They're always snoring. <laughs> so let's run through those three again then. Okay, so we started in Charlotte, North Carolina with the Arboretum. Uh, we went to, came over to London, flew across that big old Atlantic, yep. and went to the View Cinema on Leicester Square. And we've ended up in Notting Hill with the Electric Cinema. Very nice. And if you're going to spot someone famous, it could well be at the electric, right? Cause oh, my goodness. All the time. You can't even like walk anywhere in that area without spotting someone famous. It's sort of ridiculous. Working in your industry, who do you think are the most um, fashionable and chic actors? Who are the ones who really impress you? Oh, my God. I mean, you write about these people all the time, don't you? I do and look at the red carpets them. and all that kind of stuff. Who oh, always impresses you? The red you? carpets. It's so tough. Um, I don't, people are changing all the time. Yeah, I've I've a constant love affair with Emma Stone. Yeah, I think she is so chic. I think she is the girl next door that is the only girl next door that can put on a Gucci dress, and you just go, yeah, okay. You've just proven to every girl next door that they can go walk out and step into a Gucci and just become this fabulous thing. But she's exactly the same person, and I think that's what I respect about her is she 
the whole point of putting on this these dresses and these outfits is to become something else. And with Emma, you still see her coming through, and the dress is not the champion she is. So I have a really big love affair with Emma. And for men, I, d- I just don't feel like anybody's killing it. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's just. What I can mean, you What can you do really as a guy to? I mean, to 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 be out there and to impress and to stand out from well, the crowd. Well, you just. I think uh, Idris Elba tried to do something of that caliber. Uh, what was it for the Golden Globes? I think, and he he wore something a little funky, and I, I said something on Twitter, and my God, I've never been blasted so much <laughs> in my entire life for basically putting down our prize, maybe next Bond, um, and people went nuts about it. So I think, yeah, from my perspective these days, you have to be really careful who you criticize with their red carpet um, appearance, because it seems everyone has their own little posse of uh, protectors on social media. So you have to be really delicate when you make a statement and if people want to see the, your statements just a reminder where where can we find you on social media and online on social media i'm at fashionfogar.com and just in case anybody needs to spell that out it's f-o-i-e-g-r-a-s um and i'm on at fashionfogar at twitter and at emily jane johnston on instagram that's a bit easier yes that's why i've changed it <laughs> emily jane johnston thank you so much thank you james my favourite Southern Belle. Well, maybe after Reese Witherspoon. Emily Johnston, recorded in a tiny booth with a massively loud aircon. I can still picture producer Phil desperately trying to muffle its sound by piling all of our coats on top of it. That is the glamour of podcasting, folks. Please do check us out on social media. We are at Cinema Stories Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Some beautiful pictures up there right now of our guests and their cinema choices. And don't forget to subscribe and to rate and to review and to tell the world about cinema stories. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Listener.